One of the playoffs is over. And, uh... Thanks, E. The, uh... Well, the dust has settled. Before I get into all that, though, you can, uh... You can, of course, go follow me on Twitter. My name is Connor Jones. I am your humble host of the Shit Show Fantasy Football League's Helmet to Helmet podcast. We, uh... We're looking for support right now. Uh, we're headed towards the off season. I will be putting out the occasional recording during the off season. I can't promise anything, as uh, clearly I can't even promise a full slate of schedules for the regular football season. But you can always follow myself or the podcast on Twitter for year-round fantasy ramblings. That's uh, at Helmet to Helmet. That's the number two there, or at rambler underscore jones to find me and uh if you haven't already i would greatly appreciate you yes you listener jace or whoever else mom go and share this podcast with your friends we uh we've officially reached a monetization threshold which means that we can start really putting money where it counts uh that's not just for my league but i would also love to start doing some giveaways and be able to travel and get some really cool interviews with some fantasy players or rather regular football players for the sake of fantasy um and of course if we make enough money i can just get myself drunk before recording and then your entertainment value goes way up way up because i'm boring and i know that but uh i did say we'd get to it and there's no way we're gonna avoid it so I guess uh, in our little housekeeping segment, the uh, the playoffs claimed their first victims. Of course, uh, for those of you keeping track at home, Jace and John had a bit of... So they had nothing to worry about. Tyreek Hill didn't matter to them. Uh, John's team sucking in general didn't matter. But in the matchups that did matter, it was myself versus Christian DeLavalette. And, uh, well, Nathan, all the way over in China, playing our, uh, Daniel, our, our, uh, my wonderful new brother-in-law. And, wow, Nathan, when they talk about unique wedding gifts, I don't think handing him an L is, is on the list. Um... That said, I guess, uh, first and foremost, I am proclaiming for all of my kingdom to hear, Christian DeLavalette is henceforth within our fantasy league to be called Connor's bitch until he beats me again next season, if he beats me, which he won't because he's Connor's bitch. He lost 
frankly quite abysmally to my team. My team didn't exactly uh, create a, a stellar uh, stellar point score, but I did enough, if you will. Um, players that don't normally do well did really well. Players that do normally quite well did just okay. And overall, I, uh, I was able to hold off his George Kittle explosion for 35 points or some shit like that. Get out of here with that. Uh, so Carla, for those of you who don't know, Carla is Christian's girlfriend. Carla, Merry Christmas. Because Lord knows he won't pay attention from here on out. So you get him back. Uh, and happy early birthday too, because it's kind of a big deal. In the other matchup of the week, Nathan and Daniel. They had a close game, but, uh, well, I'll get into just how close in a little bit here. Sadly, Daniel did, uh did lose. We'll talk about more as to why he lost uh, later on. We have no quick question this week because all y'all are on some shit. Or maybe it's just because Jace is the only one paying attention because he's the only one who cares about whether he wins or not. But uh, yeah, I'm going to make one up. So which backup running back would you rather have going into your second week of playoffs? That's an excellent question, Connor. I would actually have to say I would rather have Damian Williams if Spencer Ware is out than Justin Jackson if Eckler and Melvin Gordon are out. Uh, I was reading a stat today that without Melvin Gordon, there's like 50 less rushing yards for the Los Angeles Chargers. That's not a coincidence. Melvin Gordon is a talent. You're not going to have the same level of value, but Damian Williams does actually have catchability. So I see him as a great replacement for Ware. And frankly, that's just a much more high-flying offense. So they both play tomorrow night uh, in the Thursday night matchup. Keep your eyes open. I highly doubt either of them are unclaimed in my league, but for those of you out there, all one of you who play in a fantasy football league that isn't called the shit show, definitely uh, heed that advice if they are somehow unowned. Uh, but I guess we can step right into some news. What do you live under a rock? So, uh, James Conner, who was out last week, part of the nice fresh baked L that Daniel received. He, uh, he might be coming back this week. Reports state that, uh, well, that the coaches left the door open for his return, which is basically a way of a journalist reporting it that doesn't make it sound like he's for sure coming back so they don't get screwed. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, well, if you have Tyreek Hill, you're probably... Yeah, you're probably freaked out because he's uh he's got a messed up foot and he plays in Thursday night. What are the odds that he actually comes back to play? Uh apparently pretty good. Pretty good. He practiced Monday. I think he practiced Tuesday. So, that sucks. I play him. He's on Jace's team. Uh but we'll get into upcoming matchups, don't you worry. Corey Clement as close to a starting running back as you can find on the injury report this week. Uh, he is probably not going to be out, uh, not going to be back this week or any week following for a while. 
Adam Thielen had a uh, an ankle injury during the game on Monday night against the Seahawks, uh, but he came back in, and he scored enough points for me to make my point total over Christian thoroughly impressive instead of just marginally impressive. Pierre Garçon has officially faded to irrelevance. Uh, oh no, excuse me, that's just went on the IR. I just extrapolated from IR. Uh, no, but really, I'd be, as a 49er fan, I think his contract goes through next year. I'd be surprised if he's really an offensive piece if he doesn't get cut this offseason. Um, just injury prone, and he's never, they don't need him. What, what, what does he do? Marquise Goodwin's a streaker down the field. Anyway, you guys don't care. It's the 49ers. I care. Uh, and lastly, as I mentioned, Melvin Gordon is back to practice, but it's unknown if he will be playing this week. I, I mentioned Justin Jackson. That is the backup to Austin Eckler, who is the backup to Melvin Gordon down there for the Los Angeles Chargers. So in our league, that only affects one fella because he owns all three, which is pretty shit. I don't know how our league fucked that up so bad, but I'll tell you what. I have a special message for a couple members of our league coming later in this matchup, or this uh, podcast, rather. But uh, before I step into the players who sucked, I did want to give a little teaser. Next week is uh, officially the week weekend final podcast before Christmas. I will not record on Christmas Day. That is, uh, that's Tuesday the 25th. But I will be recording at some point for that but the final episode before christmas i have well i have a treat for you um two treats if i can make them happen those of you who are in my league are aware of one of the treats it was something i produced last year i'll be updating that and reading a dramatic poem um be excited and uh if I can swing this, which I really hope I can, I think I, I might have put it off too late, but if I can swing it, the second treat is just fan flippin tastic. It is... Whew. I should have had it done already, but I dragged my feet, but once it's ready, it is going to be delightful, I promise. Uh, so I guess with that, aside from me sucking for potentially dragging my feet, here are some players who sucked. You suck. So, uh, you would be you'd be correct if you assumed that Chris Godwin sucked. That's a wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Only got you one point eight points. But that's Chris Godwin. Would you really Would you really put your playoff matchup on his shoulders? Would you Would you really, Christian? Would you Would you James White also sucked. James White of the New England Patriots. He's a running back. Only got you 3.8 points. Another running back who got you less than 4 points was Josh Adams of the Philadelphia Eagles. Almost said Phillies there. I've been watching Bryce Harper news all day. He only got you 3.6 points. Which really just doesn't cut it for somebody who's supposed to be the number one running back on an offense that won the Super Bowl last year. Mitchell Trubisky, quarterback for the Bears, in case you are truly uninformed, uh, he only got you 4.7 points. 
which is good enough for worst quarterback on the week. Hold on a second. Actually, that would be Jared Goff, who got you negative 0.3 points. Yeah, I didn't stutter. Trey Burton, also of the Bears, probably somewhat related, got you 3.2 points. Calvin Ridley, 1.5. Really sucks if you were counting on that combination to win you a week. LeGarrette Blunt, 4.1 points. I don't know what they're doing without on Johnson, but apparently the answer is playing a Russian roulette with Zach Zenner, LeGarrette Blunt, and, uh, oh, who's the old one? Oh, he's right on the tip of my tongue. I'll have to skip that until he comes back to me. Here's an odd one. Now, you'll, you'll also find it odd, because I never include players who get more than seven points on this list, but Todd Gurley II of the Los Angeles Rams only got you 7.3 points. Ouch. This is the value of a bye week, ladies and gentlemen. Todd Gurley is on one of the two bye week teams. John Musis and his Musamania. That team would have lost to most teams this week. Even the losers brackets teams. That's what a bye week gets you. That's why it's valuable. Uh, but at 7.3 points, that's not what you expect from Todd Gurley. So that's why I've included him. He is a little high for my normal ranking here. Kyle Rudolph as a tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, well, he only got you 1.7. Leonard Fournette, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, only ran you about 5.1 points worth of uh, accumulation, which, I mean, that sucks. That offense is in trouble. Uh, I think a lot of fantasy players thought Leonard Fournette was going into a perfect situation when he was given to uh, Jacksonville. And I say given because... He could have gone elsewhere. Um, not panning out. Nor is it panning out this season for Zach Ertz. His, his whole team is shit. So he is kind of... He's having small bursts here and there. He's still a top five tight end, unless I'm mistaken. But when he stinks, he stinks. 6.3 points isn't going to lose you a week, necessarily. But Lord knows it's not enough. Uh, I've already talked about Jared Goff. Just goffle. Uh, Tevin Coleman got you 4.6 points. He has yet to rise to what we expected when Devontae Freeman went out. Peyton Barber, 4.9 points. LaShawn McCoy got you 0.1 points. That is one yard. Now, granted, he went out with an injury, so there's some justification there. Uh, no justification for Brandon Cook's 3.7 points, though, except that Jared Goff had negative 3, so there's no way Brandon Cooks had any value. Um, so, there's that. But, just a really fluky week this week. Um, the Bears-Rams game, not that it was going to be high-flying, but you at least expected, like, multiple passing touchdowns, multiple defensive touchdowns, nothing. And uh, the Monday night game, Seattle versus Minnesota, was just as bad. J I mean, just god-awful. But neither of those are my match of the week. In fact, I would love 
to talk about this match of the week because it was really sad despite everything that happened. No way. I am not giving up. You have to. No, I don't. Well, despite Calvin Ridley giving up, Daniel, Daniel's Make Demarius Great Again fantasy football team, was only behind by approximately 15 points going into the Monday night matchup. And he had Tyler Lockett, which, if you've absolutely not been paying attention to the Seattle Seahawks this year, is almost always good for about a 70-yard touchdown bomb off the arm of Russell Wilson. In our scoring format, it would be half a point for a reception, all of the yardage in decimal pointing, uh, 10 points per one point, or 10 yards per one point, and then six points for a touchdown. So if you've done the math, a touchdown and a catch alone is 6.5 points. All you need is yardage at that point. And he had been pretty good the last several weeks for a couple hundred yards. Uh, not every game, couple hundred yards rather, but he had been he had been consistently in the upper 80s, 90s in yardage. He'd blow up here and there. 15 points is achievable for Tyler Lockett. One of the few players you could really say that. And so being down 15 points going into a Monday night matchup with Tyler Lockett probably felt pretty achievable. And uh, Nathan, don't lie. I know what you were doing the entire time after you saw that you were only ahead by 15. You were absentmindedly dismissing your uh, kindergarten students there in Shanghai and um, just constantly checking your phone, which I've seen you do it before. I've lived with you. Just don't don't lie. Don't lie. It's cool. But uh, he, Daniel, that is, not, not Nathan, but Daniel ended up exactly six points behind Nathan's team. By the time the final whistle blew in uh, in Seattle. So um, what he literally needed was one catch for a touchdown. And he would have won. And that's, that's rough. That's rough because of this one small factor that completely altered Daniel's week. You see, if you've been listening... For I'm going to say the majority of the season because I obviously missed two weeks. You know that I made several attempts at bettering my team with trades. And one of them was a James Conner for Devontae Freeman trade straight up. Now, I know, in retrospect, that was a idiotic trade. Devontae Freeman went out to the IR immediately after I acquired him. James Conner went, uh, we'll call it ham, but it wasn't consistently ham, so it was kind of like, you know, like a holiday honey ham or a spiral ham. Uh, but it was consistent. It was, I think, good for like a top eight running back on the uh, on the year. And uh, James Conner was out last week. Now you're thinking, OK, hold on. Daniel is a smart guy. He's got depth and he does. 
he could take the loss of a prime offensive piece. But see, then you also have to go back and remember that at one point we traded multiple pieces surrounding a larger trade of Julio for OBJ. And uh, one of those pieces was Kenny Galladay. That wouldn't have helped him. Uh, Julio would have helped him, though. Julio went off for about 26 points. OBJ was out. So if there's one thing that you can still be proud of, Daniel, I guess is what I'm getting at, is the only way that you were able to be knocked out of the playoffs is by the sheer, dumb, unfortunate luck of two players not being able to play on the same week. With either one of them back in, I feel like your team would have been in a much better spot. And you would have, more likely than not, beaten, I believe the the total that Nathan's team scored to win didn't even break the the hundred mark and i'm i'm gonna confirm that right now it was an an abysmal matchup between the two of you no offense to either one of you very prideful gentlemen um but that was just just rest assured that it literally took everything on your team falling apart to topple you even your bench choices you could they have won you the week sure but they were not obvious choices you're okay and in fact i'm quite disappointed mostly because you know nathan well nathan's going to contest this and he's going to try and complain that i'm being unfair and that his team's really good but nathan you scored 91 points this week dude and you are in the playoffs so try me Anyway, moving on. I uh, I have a pretty pointed I have regret section for you today. That may end up on a that may end up on a loop where I uh, I might have to play that as I escort a few people out of our fantasy league this year. Uh, I'm going to turn this into a bit of a lesson, actually, for any commish uh, members of the listening parties out there, any any listeners out there who commish their leagues or commish office leagues or just don't want to be a shitty fantasy player. I have a player in my league. I will leave him unnamed for the moment, who hasn't set a lineup in two weeks. Now that coincides with being officially eliminated from the playoffs. I have a lot of respect for people who get frustrated, are competitive, lose a little bit of their cool. I am sometimes that way myself. I cannot blame any person for being competitive. But I... I do not tolerate what I consider to be poor sportsmanship, which is you don't give the rest of the people in a league the respect to pay attention and to finish out at least the year. 
We don't play 17 weeks. We only play 16 weeks. Am I saying go make waiver wire pickups? No. But when Colt McCoy snaps his fibula in the first quarter of a game from one week prior, you know he's not going to play the following week. You need to be on top of the game because whether you want to care about it or not, the reason that I have created this league, and I feel like the reason a lot of people create their leagues, for those who aren't in it just for money, is to connect with people and to stay in touch with friends or to have something new to talk about with friends or to play a game that they've never tried before and make friends, okay? The point is is that when you make the conscious decision to not put any amount of effort in, what you're saying is you don't respect these other people's time that they've put into making sure that they can play, to be competitive, to create, as silly as it sounds, a bond over something as silly as pretend football with players that we get to watch on TV, okay? I don't tolerate it. And this is a warning for the rest of our fantasy uh fantasy league players we all know who i'm talking about i've more or less called them out simply on the roster construction alone that i've described but they'll be gone i have no soft spot for it none i don't know if i've talked about it before but to me it's inherent you learn something about someone by how they decide to act when they dis when they have been eliminated from something that really doesn't matter anyway so you don't see actual NFL teams not showing up for a game just because they're statistically eliminated from the playoffs. So it's not the same, and I'm not pretending it's the same, but come on, man. I, so for all you commissions out there, you can have a hard line like I do, uh, or you can just try to punish that person somehow. It depends on your person. In this case, uh, I think I'm going to have to have a hard line because... I don't mind filling one uh, one uh, fantasy spot over the offseason. And, you know, it all comes down to contribution value. I, I as a commish, value people who give back. I try to foster a community of, uh, of 10 dummies who get together to smack talk, who get together to, uh, to poke fun... To compete and I to me that's a mutual respect thing is just at the very least setting a lineup with active players so you can't always force people's hand but you can get rid of them and I've had to do it multiple times in our four-year run so it'll take a while but uh, just be aware enough to take the 20 seconds it takes to log in and set your lineup. Your pride's not going to be that much more hurt just because you happen to see that your team still sucks. Like, come on. So, um, moving on from that rant, I, uh, I guess we're going to continue our playoff watch. Playoffs, baby! Playoffs! Playoffs! So, uh, the, um, the playoffs have moved forward. Players have been 
eliminated, unfortunately, Daniel and Christian, excuse me, Daniel and Connor's bitch have both been eliminated. Um, that's only from championship contention, mind you. They still play. They will still set their lineups. <clears throat> but the two semifinal matches to be played are, uh, well, it's myself, my Gronk with the Wind team, uh, playing Jace and his crappy Christian Mingle team. Crappy is just because I dislike you, Jace. Your team's fine. You guys, he always gets hurt when I smack talk his team. He just doesn't. Just Anyway, Jace, ignore. Ignore that. I'm. That wasn't for you. Uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. We both have incredibly strong teams, and uh, there's a good chance that we each have a player or two a little banged up at the very least, if not out. Um... But that will that will be very fun. Jace's team has been surging as of late, except for his bye week. I think uh, he had a pretty mediocre bye week as well, but that's the point. He probably didn't look and set his lineup, which is um, acceptable only when you're on a bye week. You enjoy my pointed silence? Anyway, uh, the next matchup, in our semifinals is going to be Nathan and his Kung Brown Chicken, consisting of Antonio Brown and uh, Mike Evans, which is just, it would be mind-blowing if they would each go off at the same time. Well, they'll be playing John's Musamania coming off of a bye week there. And uh, yeah, these are two teams that have kind of, no, no offense, no disrespect to either of you, uh, kind of come screeching to a bit of a halt but um here's hoping that you're able to sort of put it together i'm 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 excited because that's an interesting matchup too we ended up having probably the two the two teams that are coasting their way into the playoffs uh or i guess you could say sort of grinding crashing uh they get to play each other this week and myself and Jace having for some reason a very good late season resurgence based on our players um we get to take each other out because I think if it was any other level of matchups um the assumption would be that uh no disrespect to the rest of our league but the assumption would be that Jace and I would end up in the finals if we were each in separate semi-final matches but Nonetheless, it's going to be kind of cool to know that it broke down this way. I just hope that uh, it doesn't come down to a pretty um, mismatched final. I would hate to see a team that's like absolutely crippled or has even further injury issues go up against a high-flying team. Because as, as much as I or Jace, I'm sure, would love to just cream somebody in the finals... Uh, or vice versa, John or Nathan. To me, when when you have that kind of a mismatch, it just takes everybody out of the final game. It really does. I I enjoy winning, but there's something to be said about like winning on a fair field that makes that that much more fun. So at least this week, I can revel in the fact that if I win or I lose, and I hope Jace, you feel the same way. As much shit as I like to talk about you, if 
if I win or lose, it's going to be a shit ton of fun. We've had a lot of close matchups in the past. Uh, I'll reminisce briefly for the the listeners here. Um, there was a game, I believe it was last year, and I'm almost certain it's Jace. Watch, watch me be wrong on this one. That would be kind of embarrassing, but pretty sure it's Jace. And it was a matchup where going into a Monday night game, I, uh, I think I was ahead by like nine points. And this is before, I believe this was before we were half point PPR. So he had, gosh, a player like Devonte Adams or Randall Cobb, you know, somebody who is a part of a great offense, but not typically featured. Um, in fact, yes, no, it had to be someone like that because I remember midway through the game thinking how lucky I was. I was ahead by that many points. Uh, I still had seven points, seven points. And then they made a final March to win the game. And I just ended up buried by it. I believe it was either like a, the final touchdown was to that player or he had like a 30 yard catch that officially put Jace. I think it was like 0.8 points ahead of me again. Watch me be absolutely wrong. And this was like Austin or someone, um, but man, Jace and I have had close matchups. I feel like this will be a great week. John, I know you don't know, uh, you don't know Nathan, Nathan, you don't know John, but I'm going to tell you right now, you two are actually somewhat similar. Uh, I would say Nathan is a little bit more of an overthinker. John, I think you're more laid back, but your teams this, this week are absolutely similar. You're both in a little bit of a pickle in different respects. And I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to come back next Tuesday and talk to all of our, uh, all of our listeners about what happens. I have no predictions. That's how close all these matches will be. And that's not to say that our previously eliminated players aren't important either. In fact, the consolation bracket starts now, and that's between, of course, Daniel and Connor's bitch. Um, Connor's bitch might have the upper hand if injuries persist, but Daniel's team is fantastic if it's healthy. So what'll happen here is either Daniel or Connor's bitch will get to move up into the next consolation match uh <clears throat> between um gosh i want to say between whoever loses by fewer points in the semifinal matchups and they could very well sneak into a third place matchup and uh and win and be third place and get their money back so don't give up this is why this matters is you can sneak in and i believe uh I believe in our final rankings, even the players in the non-playoff brackets whatsoever who are playing matchups, the playoff weeks that don't affect winning a championship, they may very well be able to move up and be like fifth or sixth place as opposed to seventh through tenth. So that's why the whole season matters. And that's why there's respect amongst your peers by setting your lineup. I know I got a little pissy about it earlier, and I I am very serious about it, but at the very least, you can uh, you can just pay enough attention and maybe smack talk or put some predictions in the chat. Engage. Be a part of the experience. Because, man, what's the point of fantasy football if you don't have people to interact with as you play? 
And again, I realize there are people who do this just to make money. You people exist. I'm not ignoring you. But for the people that play with their friends and family, you're doing it because it's fun and it's funny to jab at people. It's funny to call people's teams shit. It's funny to totally smack talk after you dominate a team like I dominated my bitch. Um, you know, you just stay, stay a part of it, you know, because I'm not even sure if this player I'm telling, you know, sort of forewarning of their impending doom here of being ejected from the league. I don't even know if they're listening or if they ever listened, if we're being perfectly honest. And I, I think it makes me sad because there hasn't been that much communication involved with this particular player and I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry if I have to eject you because I want people who care. And I think all you commissions out there and players as well, if it's something you really enjoy doing and the people you play with you like, don't let the competition get in your way. Just try to enjoy it with them, you know? Anyway, I guess, uh, like anything, I'll have to get back to you guys next week with a couple of really cool, uh, really cool segments. I will, I'll be back on Tuesday at a normal Tuesday time. I won't pull all this shit with being late. Uh, but until then, keep, uh, keep hustling, keep setting your lineups. Work it, make it, do it, makes us honor, better, faster, stronger. Net, 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 that, that don't kill me, can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now, that's how long I've been on ya. Let's get lost tonight. You could be my black Kate Moss tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a fuck what they all say, right?